Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Dan Lobby. This is Mary Kate Cabot. <clears throat> and I'm Scott Patsko. <clears throat> and as you can tell, I just started having some voice issues. Uh, getting over a cold from a few days ago, so uh, the lingering effects of that. Uh, although I've got it better than the Browns. 43-13 to 13 losers today in their opener. Um, obviously so much hype around this game, so much attention around this game. Um, the fans showed up early as they had been begged to do, and they left early uh, once the game was pretty much wrapped up when the Titans started to blow it open. We're going to ask four questions about the game and, and spend some time talking about each. Before we do that, let's talk about Football Insider. Uh, earlier tonight, uh, shot a video answering some questions from texters. Uh, that's part of the Football Insider package. You get texts from Mary Kay Cabot, uh, and then also you get a daily newsletter, and it's got a little... We call it an Easter egg. It's like a little surprise for you. Um, something that doesn't show up on the site. It's exclusive to the uh, subscribers to Football Insiders. So you can find that at cleveland.com uh, slash browns. All right, let's get to it. Let's just start. There's so much to get into. Um, let's start with the penalties. Let, let's go that direction because I think that's sort of what everyone is talking about today. Um, and we're recording this on Sunday night right after the game or kind of after-ish the game. Um it was a disaster penalty-wise, and it wasn't just little things like holds and pass interferences and things that happened in the first week. It was a complete lack of composure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Mary Kay had Miles Garrett hitting Delaney Walker in the face. He had Greg Robinson getting kicked out for, for kicking someone. Um, it, it was not a, a very composed game for the Browns. No, it wasn't. And, you know, I go back to the second practice in Indianapolis when – all of a sudden, the Browns came out in that practice, and they decided that they were going to impose their will yes. on the Colts. And it was a very undisciplined They were fighting all over the place. And I think Freddie viewed this as, hey, we're going to come out and we're going to impose our will, and we're going to do things how we want to do them. And somehow I think that some of that vibe showed up in this game. I think it was a lack of discipline and a lack of composure and sort of the tone that was set in that second practice when, in actuality, the Colts were wondering, like, why are you guys acting like this, right? Mm. That's not what you do in a joint practice. They went into those joint practices vowing not to fight and, and to have, like, to get good work in. And it, they were out of control. I mean, they were out of control. I... I advocated at one point that they should just stop the practice 
and, and call it because somebody was going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. Well, I thought that they had that same sort of, we're going to do what the hell we want to do in this game. If it's kicking somebody in the head, we're going to kick somebody in the head. If it's clocking somebody across a face mask, we're going to do that. They tried to impose their will, and they didn't have discipline or composure. I thought it was interesting. Uh, earlier this week, I think it was earlier this week, uh, somebody asked Freddie about um, being ready for, for week one, and he, he talked about penalties, and he said he had looked at data and, and research that suggests that there are more penalties in week one, and I think that's just common sense because you're coming out of the preseason, there's going to be more mistakes. But he said a lot of that he felt had to do with technique. Some of it had to do with uh, players trying to figure out how refs are going to call a game. But, you know, he, he went into this expecting more penalties, and he said he did address it, and he hoped that that would help, and obviously it did not help because, you know, even aside from from the bad 15-yard uh, you know, variety that they were getting you still had you know the holes in the false starts and and stuff like that so it was it was just a potpourri of, <laughs> of penalties they pretty much covered the gamut of, yeah. of things you can do in a game and yeah it was you know you take away the penalties and all the three interceptions and this was really pretty even game mm -hmm. you know if you, the stats rushing wise first down wise um and all that it was it was pretty even it was just the penalties just threw everything out of whack um Kenny Vaccaro got kicked in the head. Um, I, I thought there were some veiled shots, and it kind of depends how you want to read it, I guess, after a game. And when you win, you get to talk as much as you want. There were some veiled shots at the Browns as well as just some outright shots. And one of the things he said when, when he was asked about you know the Browns having a bunch of penalties, uh, we were the least penalized team in the league last year. I haven't fact-checked that, but Scott shaking or nodding his yeah, head. Yeah, they said that on TV. Um, well. That's being coached. That's the culture. That's what Vrabel's preaching that's what we do. And then the answer before that, he says, coach does a great job preparing us for those situations. So, um, you know, maybe not direct shots at Freddie Kitchens and, and the culture, but, you know, it is concerning. And you point to those Indianapolis practices and it came. And, you know, I remember we asked Freddie about this in Indianapolis. It came right after he said, we don't practice penalties and guys are going to run. And nobody ran in Indy. The tone changed there. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, there were there were guys in Indianapolis, you know, some of them not on the team anymore, but there were guys who were really, like, looking for action. I remember Ray Ray Armstrong running around trying to find yeah. somebody on that second day. Um, you know, they, they were definitely initiating a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's a team that decided we're going to come out and punch people in the mouth, literally. And that's what they did today. But, again, what Kenny Vaccaro is saying, Mike Vrabel comes from the very disciplined Bill Belichick coaching tree. And they don't shoot themselves in the foot. And, you know, and that's what these guys did. And it was, it was really horrible for the fans to have to watch that. I, I just, the whole game, I just felt so bad for the fans that were so excited for this football team. To watch that product out there, I think Freddie should have come out and apologized to the fans. I think one of the, one of the, Biggest concerns I think you would have to have after watching that is how many were done by the defense. Because when you came into the week one, the defensive side of the ball is the one I think most people had the most confidence in because there were so many unknowns with the offense. You know, we, we saw what, what they could do against the Buccaneers in that, in that third preseason game. And even, even the last preseason game with the Lions when you had the backups in there and they were still terrorizing quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, and then to come out and especially on the, the that first touchdown drive by the mm -hmm. Titans, just kind of self-destruct and... Um, pretty much helped the Titans march right down the field. Yep. Um, 
it was it just left me wondering like how did how did we get here with the defense? Yeah. This was the side of the ball that that was supposed to be right to roll and and they weren't. Uh, yeah, one of, one one of the things that did concern me about the Titans is that I, I wondered if they'd go with a lot of screens and misdirection, and, and that's kind of what they did today. Is they tried to catch the Browns. They rolled Mariota out a lot. Well, with a lot of screens, a lot of misdirection, and, and it ended up killing the Browns, especially on that big one by Derrick Henry. When the Browns had gotten back into it, mm-hmm. they went no huddle, had some momentum. Then the first play of a drive, Derrick Henry goes 75 yards for a score. All right, let's talk about the offensive line. This is our second question uh, because the offensive line, Greg Robinson got tossed, but even before that it was a problem. Then Kendall Lamb comes in. He hurts his knee. So now you've got uh, – Chris Hubbard moving over to left tackle. You've got McCray playing right tackle. Um, and, and now you've got a little bit of an issue on the offensive line. And the depth wasn't really there to begin with. It was struggling before. Then it really struggled. This is the area every single person has pointed to as the thing that could potentially derail the season. Um, today that concern became very real, Scott. Yeah, you know what you didn't say there? Right guard. So that's true. I, I did nothing about right guard there. Yeah, you're right. Hubbard and, and Robinson were both giving up pressures uh, before all the shuffling happened. Um, it was Robinson who had the legal block, kind of wiped out a first down pass on the opening drive. Mm-hmm. Um, but once uh, once you started sh- switching people around, Hubbard had a false start the very first snap at left tackle. Um, you know, and Baker was was running around before that, and he and he continued to run around. He was sacked five times. He was hit seven times, I believe. Um, it, it looked a lot like the Tampa Bay game, mm-hmm. you know, when he's trying to make something out of the pocket, and and, and blocks just aren't happening. And you know, afterwards, uh, I mean, they, nobody wanted to blame anything on on having to move people around. Um, Betonio did say that uh, they should have done a better job. Uh, avoiding penalties because they all watched the Bears-Packers game, so they kind of had an idea of how the refs were calling holding mm-hmm. this year. And yet uh, Hubbard, I believe, had two. Um, Demetrius Harris had a couple holding uh, mm-hmm. penalties as well. Um, there were a couple false starts. Yeah. So it was just, uh, you know, we said earlier it was a bad day all around, but it was really a bad day for the offensive line. Well, this is a pretty good defense. Mm-hmm. And Mike Vrabel uh, identified some weaknesses and decided – to really pressure and hit and blitz Baker Mayfield and and disrupt and rattle him. And again, they he didn't get hit very much at all. I mean, think about this. He got sacked as many times tonight as he did in the last 8 games of last season. Yeah. Think about that. 5 sacks in the last 8 games. And, you know, I think the Browns patted themselves on the back for that quite a bit without maybe really realizing, and I've been singing this song and dance for a long time, that maybe some of those teams just weren't equipped to hit him. Mm-hmm. Well, now you've got some good defenses that are going to try to hit him. And, and look what happens when, you know, you can get him off his game or, or you know, contain him or make him – you know, make him hold on to the ball a little bit longer than he wants to. And and that's what happened. And, yes, it is going to be an issue not just because of what they have on the line, but because of the better defenses they're going to be playing. Yeah, it's not going to get easier. I mean, two weeks from now you're going to be facing Aaron Donald. Um, yeah. You know, the, the Jets, of course, have Greg Williams, who's going to bring – 
the kitchen sink. Maybe that'll be good for Baker. You know, maybe he'll he'll kind of thrive under that next Monday night. But mm-hmm. yeah, we'll have plenty of time to talk about that game. Right. Um, let's get to Freddie Kitchens. Uh, his debut today. Um, the first drive went really well. After that, it was you know, except for that no huddle drive that I mentioned earlier, it didn't go very well. I, I didn't, you know, look. I didn't look at what I saw out there offensively and think, boy, the Browns are doing some really innovative things. They're being really creative. They're forcing the issue. It just seemed like a slog today in, in Freddie's debut here as head coach slash play caller. Yeah, it just it just really wasn't what we expected. Like you said, the first drive uh, was was very good, and then from there, everything just kind of fell flat. Now, a lot of that probably was because. You know, when you're in, you know, second and 20, yeah. it's hard to run the kind of plays that you want to. So I don't know if it's the perfect time to judge him on his play calling because it's really, really hard uh, to be behind the eight ball and try to run the kind of plays that you would normally want to play. But I just think in general, uh, he was outcoached by Mike Vrabel. Uh, I, I just don't think that he had this team ready and prepared to play this football game the way that they needed to. I don't think that they apparently didn't have the right game plan. They couldn't pull out of the tailspin. Uh, you know, once they got it to 15-13, they gave up a 75-yard screen pass for a touchdown. I mean, mm-hmm. they gave up three really big plays in this game. Yeah. Three huge plays. And they all resulted in points. Right. Or they, led to points. They and, all and led was, to points. There was a play late in the game where Delaney Walker was uncovered. Right. And scored a touchdown. Delaney Walker, who right. Steve Wilk said he looks at as a wide receiver. Right. And, and then the other thing is, you know, if Baker Mayfield starts to press in the fourth quarter, you've got to get a hold of him. And, I mean, you, you can't be throwing three interceptions in the fourth quarter. Some of that is get Baker Mayfield's mind turned around on that if you can. Now, two of them were on back-to-back drives, so there probably wasn't a whole lot of time to, to try to get him – Coached, <coughs> coached up in that way. But it, there were just some things in this game where I thought rookie head coach showed through. Yeah, it was, I think, the first drive where they, they motioned uh, Landry into the backfield behind uh, behind Baker and the mm-hmm. shotgun. And they that was, that was a cool play. Uh, and then that was pretty much it for cool-looking, mm-hmm. <laughs> cool-designed plays. You know, they there was no, uh, they didn't really seem to do much with Odell getting him into space. They tried a couple slants. Um, there were a handful of plays where Baker looked one way and was about to throw it and stopped. Mm -hmm. And then he looked the other way and then he's running out of the pocket. And I'm really interested to see the the coach's view film later this week to see what he was looking at because uh, it seemed like his first read was taken away time and again. And he kind of had to to improvise and then when the second one wasn't there, then he's, you know, then you're running out of time. And, um, you know, like you said, you got to give some credit to the Titans' defense. Um, right. But I'm interested to see what he saw, you know, further down the field on a lot of those. Yep. Yeah, and, you know, the thing is now you're, you're in Baker year two. Every single coach is going to watch what Mike Frable did here in this game and, and try to figure out what he did well that, that threw Baker off and uh, kept the Browns from scoring. I mean, they scored 13 points, um, two touchdowns. They had more penalties than points. Uh, this is going to be teaching film for a lot of teams coming up. Uh, but the good news is, you know, the Jets' defense is not the Titans' defense. I don't know how good this Titans' defense is going to be ultimately. I think they're going to be pretty good. Uh, the Jets' defense is not that. So maybe the Browns will have a chance to get right um, in a week. Well, I mean, this is three interceptions by Baker Mayfield now in three games 
of his 14 starts. Yeah. And these have come against good defenses and winning football teams, or at least winning, you know, last year football team, 9-7 and seven for the Titans. So uh, this is something to keep an eye on. Teams have a book on him now, and they are, we wondered, what's Mike Vrabel going to identify? What is he going to see? Now, some of that comes off Baker's shoulders because all of the penalties and all the problems, but I think there there's something to be aware of now that they're seeing things or either keeping him in the pocket, making him do certain things. We're going to have to like dig into the film ourselves and figure out yeah. what some of those things are, but uh, it's, it's going to be tough. Um, <coughs> so now this brings us to what does it mean? The first thing is I think we probably all underrated the Titans a little bit. Uh, I mean, this was a nine and seven team that finished really strong last year. Uh, kind of how the Browns finished strong. Uh, you know, the Browns finished five and three off the top of my head. I can't remember what the Titans finished, but I know they won three of their last four um, and, and were really good over their last eight or nine. Um, you, you know, it's the opener. Week one is always overreaction week. The teams that win are amazing. The teams that lose are terrible. Um, you know, we're seeing it with Green Bay and Chicago after, after that miserable opener on Thursday. So what does this ultimately mean to you guys? Is, is there... Is there any reason to panic? Is there? Is it just a loss? Can the Browns bounce back? Are we going to look back at this and say, "Oh man, I can't believe they lost to the Titans by 30"? You know, after they've won their 13th game of the year or 12th game of the year or whatever. Um, does this mean anything in the big picture? I want to say no because I know the Saints lost their opener last year uh, in a shootout with the Buccaneers. I was just um, looking that up, Scott. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, Dan, you wrote right after the game. The Browns have a lot of talent, and that's what maybe makes this, you know, be a little worse than you might think it is. I, I, we, we all did pick them to do well, I think. Even even the guys in the locker room expected that to be better than this. I think you throw out the penalties, and again, this was more of an even game, and I think they could probably take away some some positives. But, man, that just, just killed everything that they – that they could have gotten out of this that was that was good. It's all you're going to think about is those penalties and and how horrible position they put you in. Yeah. Well, first of all, there's a couple things that come to my mind about the big picture and what does this mean. First of all, this was like a preseason game for these guys. They've yeah. never played together before. Have we ever seen Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, and Odell Beckham Jr. in a in a football game together before? No, this was the very first time for that. And when you look at some of those interceptions in the fourth quarter, they were on passes intended for Odell Beckham Jr. and two for Jarvis Landry. Okay, you can say anything that you want about the talent level of players like that, mm-hmm. but. There is something to be said for repping it over and over and knowing where to be and what to do and having your timing down. And this was kind of like a preseason game for them. That's one of the things that stands out to me. The other thing is, I do think that this football team talked too much this <laughs> off season about what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. And they fired up those Titans. They really did. Delaney Walker was so sick and tired of hearing about the Cleveland Browns. I mean, he went out and had almost a career game today, right? Um, You know, I just think, you know, there's been too much of of everybody talking about how, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And I I just think that they need to, you know, put the clamps on that kind of stuff right now 
Stop talking about, you know, even things like NFL Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, you really want to fire up Aaron Donald like that? I mean, do you? No. <laughs> Baker Mayfield doesn't want you to. That's no. for sure. You know, I just think, you know, it's like, I just think that, you know, like kind of act like maybe you have been there before and don't talk about it so much. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'll say this, and, you know, I know that the fans really loved it, and, you know, obviously, look, if the Browns would have won today, it would have been legendary. Um, I, I, when Miles Garrett released the We're Here letter, that kind of got me thinking that's probably going to go up in the Titans building somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that he's declaring that the Browns have arrived and they're here uh, before they've even played a game. And again, the Titans are a good team. They're a physical team. They know who they are. And for as bad as this game was, it was, what, 12-6 to 6 at halftime? Mm-hmm. You know, the Browns got within 15-13, to 13, and then the wheels kind of came off. So <coughs> this was still, in the third quarter, a game that the Browns maybe had a chance to get back into and win. So I don't think there's any reason to look at this and say, oh, they're going to win seven games this year now, or they're going to go 6-10. and 10. But it is disconcerting to come out and lose by 30 points in, in your home opener. Um, if, we, if we want to look at some other teams, I actually went back and looked at the Patriots last year. They won against Houston in their opener. Then they lost to Jacksonville and Detroit, two non-playoff teams. Um, and Jacksonville still had Blake Bortles starting a quarterback. So, you know, it happens early in the season, especially when you didn't really invest heavily in the preseason. Sometimes it takes a little while to get going. So, I mean, we'll see. Let's see how they bounce back now on a national stage on Monday night. That's, it's going to be a, a good test against a team you should beat in the Jets. Not only that, think about this, you guys. Three of their next four games are night games. 8 yeah. 15 primetime games. Remember how we kept saying they've got to be ready for primetime? I mean, <laughs> they have got to be ready to go. They've got three out of their next four games in primetime, and two of them are on the road. Two of them are on the road, including one well, in San Francisco. And they're, they're one, they're one game that's not a primetime game is a division game. Right. Against the Ravens in Baltimore, uh, who played very well today against Miami, of course. But um, they, they looked really good today. So they're, everybody in Baltimore is kind of overreacting the other way um, today. So this is going to be an interesting stretch for this team. That Monday night game becomes really important. They've got a long week uh, to get everything figured out. Those are our four questions from the Browns' loss to the Titans. Um, again, we're recording this on a Sunday night. So uh, if you're listening to this on Monday morning... Hope you're rested up, ready for a Monday night game coming up. For Mary Kay and Scott, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.